So we'll just read Psalm 19 and think on that. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's good to be here and it's always, it's always nice. You know, I've been privileged to go to so many places and ask to so many places to, to go and to, to speak and, and it's always wonderful. Uh, to be invited to come to your own church and say a little word for Jesus. I think it's, it's rather like playing for your own team at Wembley. You know? Um, it's a real joy. And um, although it, it's with fear and trepidation I stand before you, and I'm ever so pleased that this is here, because it eyes me knees that are knocking, as, 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 it, as they can do. Uh, but it is a joy, and, and thank you very much for inviting me. I'm, I'm thrilled to bits. Um, I do want to read a few words. James chapter 1, I'm going to read a few verses from the end. We'll take it from verse 17. You, if you've got a Bible and you'd like to follow it, that's good. Otherwise, if you'd like to listen, that's good too. And this is it. So it's James chapter 1, verse 17. Every gift 
God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favourite ones of all his creation. My dearest brothers and sisters, take heart. To this, take heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for human anger is never a legitimate tool to provoke God's righteous purpose. So this is why we abandon everything immorally impure, and all forms of wicked conduct, and instead... With a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which he has planted within our nature. And the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let the word become like poetry written to be fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in a mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of his word and then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who are who set their gaze deeply in the perfecting law of the liberty, are fascinated and respond to the truth that they hear and are strengthened by it and experience God's blessing in all that they do. James chapter 1, verse 22 and the first part of that verse says, well, in other translations, more it's more familiar to us. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, I read a story about a little a little boy, his name was Johnny, and he bought his grandma a boot for her birthday. And he wanted to write in it some suitable inscription. And he really didn't know what to write and he was wrecking his brains to what he might put. And he, he suddenly remembered that his dad had a book, a book that he'd been given and that was precious to him because the person who had, had written it had written inside it an inscription and his dad was so thrilled and loved that. And so he went and he got this book. And he copied as neat as he could in the front of the, the book that he had got for his grandma for her birthday, the same inscription. And uh, you can imagine the grandmother's surprise when on her birthday she opened this book, a Bible. And it said on the front cover, in, in the leaf, to grandma, with compliments... Of the author. (laughs) 
It was Immanuel Kant, sorry, Immanuel Kant who said, the Bible is an inexhaustive fountain of all truths. The existence of the Bible is the greatest blessing which humanity has ever experienced. I consider an intimate knowledge of the Bible to be an indispensable qualification of a well-educated man, said Robert Milligan didn't even know who he was but there we are that's what he said you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces to turn the world upside down and to bring peace to other battle this battle torn planet and yet you treat it as nothing more than a piece of literature Mahatma Gandhi wonderful isn't it earlier we, we read this wonderful psalm psalm 19 oh I do love this psalm well I love lots of psalms but I do love this one as well and it's really you know, psalm, psalm 19 I want to read a few verses because I love it so much God's word is perfect in every way how it revives our soul his law leads us to the truth and his way changed the simple into wise. His teachings make us joyful and radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he ever says needs to be changed. The rich, the rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize the God's word like others prize finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words. Isn't that wonderful? You don't really need a sermon, do you? Don't spat them as well, you're not going to get one. Yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Breathed out with this, we say. Breathed out or breathed into. And, you know, it's the same word as is used in Genesis. Where, you know, God has created man and brought together Man, but he doesn't live until God breathes into him. And we move on to Ezekiel chapter 37, and we find that the bones and, and everything, they come together. Ezekiel's vision, come together. But it's not until God breathes into them that they live. And you know, so often we come to the word of God. But it's not until God breathes his life into it that this book takes on, it lives before us. Isn't that right? As God breathes his life into it. It's more than just a book, isn't it? It's the precious word of God. And oh, how precious it is. 
worth more than all the gold in the world, the psalmist tells us. How precious. You know, two friends were talking. You know, I do keep wandering. So if I do wander away too far and you can't hear what I'm saying, just stick up a flipper. Um, And then I'll move back. But these two friends, they were chatting. And they were talking about... um, They were talking about... uh, I made a, a Bible, yeah. And... One of the earliest, the earliest Bible ever printed. I forget what it was called now, but I've written a note somewhere in my notes and I can't just see it at the moment. Anyway, you know the one. Yeah. Anyhow, he said, you know, a copy of this one. It's gone for two and a half million dollars. He said, you've got to be kidding. He said, I've got one of them. He says, you haven't. He said, I have. He said, but it's a bit tatty. It's not worth that much. He says, and furthermore... Some bloke called Martin Luther has written all over it in German. <laughs> How precious. You know, two, two and a half million dollars? It's worth far more than that, isn't it? It's worth more than all the gold that this world can afford. How, how do we treat the precious gift of God. His word. His word that lives and, and comes to life as we, we ask him to reveal himself to, it, to us through it. And as we, we, we read and we, we come before his word, the living word appears. It's wonderful, isn't it? That God's written word points and always leads us to the living word. The Bible. How precious. The best instructions before leaving earth. And yet some people have so often said to me, you know, Bible's a load of rubbish. I said, is that right? Have you read it? No. No. And to others, they said to me, you know, I don't understand it. It's as dry as dust. And to still others, it's a living word. And it should, it's not just a list of do's and don'ts. That's been said to me too. A list of do's and don'ts, your Bible. Do this, don't do that. You know, I read a story. I read lots of stories. I don't usually remember them, but I'm... I, well, I read, <coughs> I read a story. And this story is about a lady. A lady who'd... Well, She'd been, she was married to a man who didn't treat her very well. As a matter of treating, he treated her shabbily. And he was very, um, yeah, he, he, every morning he came down with a list of the things that he wanted her to do before he arrived home that night. And every night 
he came home and checked the list to make sure she'd done it. And it made her life a total and absolute misery. And she used to dread her days. And one day, her husband tragically died. And within a couple of years, she met a different, another man. And she fell in love. And, and in due course, in due time, they, they got married. And she was very happy. He treated her. She was, it couldn't have been any more different than her first husband. And, and one day, she were, she were cleaning out the attic, you know, like you do. You get these boxes and there were a lot of rubbish in it. And so she's sifting through and she finds a list of the things that she had to do for her husband. Do this, do that, do the other. Don't do that. And she looked at it and read it and she found, she found that every single thing on that list she did for her second husband. But she did it. Because she loved him. And they weren't chores. They weren't do's and don'ts. Anymore. They took on a different life. And a different meaning. And you see. the list. Yeah it's true. that, But they're not just a list of do's and don'ts. They are indeed the best instructions. Before leaving earth. Aren't they? They teach us of a way in which it's... Well, they teach us of the way of salvation to start with, do they not? And then they teach us of a way how to live that is well-pleasing to God. And yet, why is it that we, as the church of God, even though the sword of the Spirit is in our grasp, why is it that we suffer so often for spiritual malnutrition? Because we fail to come before God's word. And so often we as, as Christian people may well find that it, it doesn't say anything to us. Because we fail to ask God to make his word live. Breathe into your word Lord. Make it live for me today. If you say that to God, beware because he will. He will. He'll take your word and he'll make it live. And we may find that disturbing. We may find it uncomfortable. We may find it to some degree offensive. We may also find that it lifts us right up into heavenly places or brings heaven down to us. But so often, when we come before our God, or at the appropriate and appointed time, He's there and we are not. And so we fail to hear what He has for us for today. So many precious promises.
we're so often paupers instead of princes. We fail to eat from the banquet that is spread before us. The invitation to feed on the bread of life is there. And yet we, we make do with scraps so often. Or go without altogether. And wonder why then we are so ineffective in our work for him. It's little wonder, is it, if we fail to come before his living word and feed upon him each day. We will find it our work, won't we? But if we come, and we do, God will speak. Make no mistake, he will speak. If only we give him an opportunity to do so. And yet so often we're like little boys playing knock on the door and running away. We come and we knock at God's door and before he gets chance to answer it, we've gone. Give him time. Wait upon him and he will reveal himself. He will. I might not like what he has to say sometime. But as time goes by, we'll see that whatever he says is for our benefit. And it's true. When we look back on our lives, so often it's when we look back on our lives, we see how God has led us and guided and directed us and, and provided for us. And so much of where God speaks, it's true he can speak through many other things. He can speak through sermons and, and, and Bible studies. He can speak through other people, through Christian friends and even non-Christian friends. He can speak through creation. He can speak through lots of things, but chiefly, he speaks to us through his word. If only we are prepared to listen. You know, I had a teacher at school and he used to say, he used to shout out to us, because we, we, when we got a little bit unruly, as on the odd time we did, he turned around and he said, Are you listening, laddie? And be dad, he used to say sometimes that talking to me was like talking to a block of wood. That he'd have more sense out of one. Because blocks of wood never hear What's being said, do they? If I, tell you some, if I tell you to do something, I want you to do it now. That meant immediately with me, Dad. Yeah. It's like talking to a block of wood. It says you can't get it to do anything that's told. See, if you were to tell it to stop, there's no way it would stop. It just slides from one side to the other, doesn't it? But this, this one, it speaks... It speaks to us of the holiness and purity of God. Oops, wrong way. There we are. I knew there were a way of doing it. It speaks to us as of God's love. So you see, God not is just holy and pure, is love. 
as well. So his holy love. And he wanted to share his love with us. And so he created this world and all that is within it in order that he might make us in his image to share and to enjoy his love forever. Unfortunately, we went our own way. The Bible calls that sin. Going our way rather than going God's way. And the darkness and depression that sin brings is God is in its grip. But the thing is that God had a remedy for all that. And his son came to die upon a cross. That we might enjoy once more a place in heaven. We also read the blue reminds us of God's enabling Holy Spirit that lives, gives us, helps us live a life that is well pleasing to God. But we once more can enjoy His love and continue to grow in Him and have everlasting life. Oh yeah, this box speaks, but if I speak to it, will it do anything? Yeah. If I were to say stop, would it stop? Stop. Oh yeah, it does. Go. Stop. Go. Stop. Yeah, I knew it would. Yeah. Maybe I am like a block of wood. Don't always listen. But sometimes I can be obedient. Block of wood. Jesus said... My sheep hear my voice. He that has ears, let him hear. You know, back in the 70s, CB radios became very popular. In fact, one guy, he even made a record about it. Convoy. Do you remember it? Who remembers it? Yes, somebody. One or two people. Oh, yes, yes. Of a certain age, remember it quite well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, breaker nine one. Here this here's rubber duck. Do you copy me, pig pen? Do you remember? Yeah. And everybody were getting them. We had a supervisor at our office. He had one. He called himself Grizzly Bear. His wife were rubber duck. But he called himself Grizzly Bear. He looked more like Paddington Bear. Bless him. <laughs> he was a lovely man. And he had this thing. And he said, you know, he said, when we want to contact each other, what we say is we go on and we say, this is, I say, this is Grizzly Bear. So and so. Have you got your ears on? Have you got your ears on? What he meant were, are you listening? Are the lines of communication open? I want to say something to you. Something of real importance. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. He that has ears, let him hear. He that has ears, let him hear. Have you got your ears on? Each morning before you come before God, have you got your ears on? When we come before God's word, are we really listening? Do we really want to hear what God has to say to us? 
a high school class of music appreciation was asked the difference between listening and hearing. It went quiet for a while. And one little lad at the back stuck his hand up and said, Please, miss, listening is wanting to hear. Listening is wanting to hear. It's simple, isn't it? Listening is wanting to hear. So when you come before God, have you got your ears on? Are the lines of communication open? Do we come in expectancy, hearing, wanting to hear him speak? Or is our hearing dull? Are we hard of hearing when it comes to what God has to say? Or are we selective in our hearing? So often we can be, can't we? To what God has to say to us, do we, we don't always want to hear it, do we? For it may offend or disturb, frustrate or disappoint, may anger or confuse us. But you know, the wonderful thing is, when God is talking to Isaiah, he said, come, come, he said, let's reason together. If you're disappointed or confused or depressed or feeling awkward or whatever emotion it might be. And this Bible covers every emotion possible. Then talk to him about it. He wants to know. He invites you to discuss it with him, with Adam. He came down into the garden and talked with him. Isn't that wonderful? And you know he wants to do the same with you and with me. He wants to talk to us. And he wants us to talk to him. And he wants us to discuss what we find here. And if we find it difficult to understand, have a word with the author. The one who put it together. The one who makes it live. He'll be only too willing to answer. It would seem to me, though, that he often answers with further questions. But nevertheless, discuss it with him. He wants you to. He invites you to. He'd be delighted if you'd take up his invitation. Yeah, God gave us two ears and one mouth in order they might listen or spend twice as much time listening as we do talking. But others think that uh, they claim it's because God would God knew it was twice as hard for us to listen as it was to talk. Whichever. They both work for me. But James tells us there are four things that we need to be. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to anger, and to rid ourselves of the, soup, the soup, superfluity of naughtiness. I don't know where I read that from, but I thought it was so good, I had to put it in this morning. The superfluity of naughtiness. I think it sounds really, really quite neat, yes. Yes. In order that 
God's word might be engrafted and implanted and rooted in our hearts. The Amplified Version puts it. So often we think, don't we? May the word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour, hour so that all I, I may see I triumph only through his power. Have you got your ears on? Listen and you'll hear him speak. We've already heard this morning of two men who listened on the road to Emmaus. They listened. They walked and talked with Jesus and he opened the scriptures before them. And it wasn't till they brought the bread, he broke the bread that they recognized who he was. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us whilst he talked with us and explained to us and showed us the meaning of the word of God. And it was John Wesley who heard God speaking in a small church in Aldersgate Street early on the morning of the 24th of May. And it was there in that meeting when they were studying Romans chapter 8 that he felt his heart strangely warmed. David in Psalm 19 Six different ways that God speaks to us through his word. And all of them are worthy of our consideration. I haven't time to do that this morning, but I'll give you them anyway. You'll find in those verses that God speaks through the law of his word. The law of the Lord. The testimony of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord. The commandments of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And the judgments of the Lord. You have a look, I'll leave it with you. Have a look at Psalm 19 if you can and think of those. It's a great study. You know, John 3.16, we sang it this morning, is enough to know for salvation and for the salvation of the world in which we live. But God shows us so much more in his word. So many promises to claim and to own so many blessings for us and for others. And it was Billy Graham that said, let us be as well informed as possible about the fullness of the gospel. You know, we were singing that running over. I, I remember that from when I was a kid. Did, do you, does everybody remember it? Yeah. There were another verse, weren't there as well? Do you know the Read my Bible, read my Bible. I must be sure to read my Bible, for it is a mighty sword in the army of the Lord. I must be sure to read my Bible. You know, sometimes God just confirms some of the things you wanted to say, doesn't he? And um, so there we are. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we had a, a tutor at Bible College, Arthur Skevington Wood, and he used to say to us, you know, you know, folks, he'd say, a heart strangely warmed is no excuse for the head being strangely empty. <laughs> you know, be as well informed as possible about God, about Jesus, about your salvation, about the things of God. 
Because he has so much for you. So much. Spiritual malnutrition needn't and shouldn't be a problem. Faith, desire and expectation are required. And God will speak. And the Holy Spirit will illuminate is the word to us. Providing we've got our ears on. So pin back your luggles. He that has ears, let him hear. His thoughts were slow, his words were few, and never formed to glisten. But he was a joy to all his friends. You should have heard him listen. James warns us not not just about spiritual malnutrition, but also about spiritual spiritual obesity. Whilst it's good that we should hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we should spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus, if there's no outlet for the for if there's no outlet, then spiritual obesity can follow. Not only good for us. You know, the Dead Sea is a sea where rivers run in and nothing runs out. And nothing can live there. You know, when God pours in his blessing and his Holy Spirit into our lives, it's good if we leak. Because otherwise, we come stale and stagnant and no use like the water in the Dead Sea we don't need to be spectators God doesn't need spectators he wants people to become involved people need to see they need to see in us Something of Jesus. You know, the thing is, you know, when we are Christians, but but let me put it this way, James puts it this way. Don't be just, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Be doers. We need to be seen to be. Does that make sense? We need to be seen to be who we are. To be Followers of him. And we are. We, well, we're seen to be somewhat. We're always seen to be something. You know, the thing is that um, when we plug into the light of the world, then we light up. And we become a witness for him, whether we like it or we don't. Because people soon get to know that we are followers of him, that we claim to be Christians, that we are his disciples, and they're looking, and they're watching, and we are the Bible that they read, the only Bible that they read. And so the thing is, Whether we like it or we don't like it, we are a witness for him. 
We can't do anything about that. What we can do something about is whether we are a good witness for him or a bad one or a poor one. Can't we? Now we can do something about that, but we we must be do, we must be seen to be doing His will. You know the thing. <coughs> the thing is, um, yeah. I, re- I really did all this. <laughs> I really did this morning in my Bible time. Um, a story. Joshua. Oh my goodness me. I'll, I'll, I'll hurry up. Um, yeah. I'm only reading this one in Joshua chapter three. How. Um, the Ark of the Covenant was carried before them. The, the, the children of Israel, uh, they're, they're coming into the promised land and there's the river Jordan before them. And they reach a town called By Adam. Uh, it's called Adam. And, um, and God tells them, he says, look, the priests, they go first, carrying the Ark into the river Jordan. And, and so they do. And, and the moment... The priest puts out his foot, the waters part, as they had done some 40 years before and, uh, at the Red Sea. But this time it's the River Jordan and it flows back. And the children of Israel pass before the Ark of the Lord, before his covenant promise. Because that's what it re- re- represents. His promise to look after and to, to be their God and he will be their people and they go over on dry land into his land of promise and they stand there holding up the promise of God and all the people this and all of them get across into the promised land and you know the thing is that we as Christian people we are like those priests you know that we lift up God's new promise, God's new covenant in Christ Jesus. If he is lifted up in our hearts, then we, we can show a way, we show a way from, to lead people from the darkness of sin into his light. If we will only lift Jesus up in our lives and if we listen and we, we obey, do his will and lift Jesus in our lives, it will happen. It will. It will. We have to play our part as doers of the word. We must be seen. We must put into practice the presence of Christ in our lives. You know, there's that wonderful book of, of Brother Lawrence who, who sought every day in every way to practice the presence of Christ in whatever he did. If you've not read the book, get hold of it. I'm not time to go into it. But... The thing is that we too, we have to, to practice that presence. We have to learn, we have to earn the opportunity to speak to people about Jesus. A smile, a kindly word, an offer of help, a cup of tea, a listening ear. We have to walk the walk if people, if we expect to, people to listen when we talk the talk. And sometimes it seems to me that our actions are shouting so loud that people people can't hear a word that we say. Loving others as Jesus loved is a tall order and probably impossible. But we have a God who specialises in the things that are impossible. God will do things through you if only you will allow him to do so. Do you know, when I was at Bible college, we went off to... 
went off to, um, we were go, I, was go, I was supposed to be going to the Forest of Dean, uh, you know, on a mission. And, I, and we, we went along the, to the team of us to, to get to know each other, not just for, t- we, we were often getting to other, for preparation meetings and prayer, but the leader of our team said, look, I want you to come and we're going to have an afternoon together. We're going to go to my home and my mother's going to make us a meal. And so we went and we had this wonderful time. And, and one of the lads brought with him a friend. He, he, he went to a house church. And, and this guy, his friend, who was a minister there, came with us. And we were chatting like you do. And we were, we were talking and we were, having, we were having this lovely buffet and enjoying it. And this guy, he suddenly said, you! And he's pointing at me. Well, I took it where he were because I looked round. And there were nobody behind me, and everybody else were looking at me. So always speaking to me. You. You, he said. You, God wants to do great things through you. If only you'll get out of the way. If only you'll get out of the way. I have done once or twice. There have been times when I've got out of the way. God's come through. Well, God will do great things through you too. I don't know that he's done great. Time will tell, won't it? But God wants to do things through you. You're not on your own. Be doer of the word. I can't. I used to say that to my dad. My dad said, do this as I can't. He says, no such word as can't. Say, strike a match on a bar of soap. <laughs> he didn't like that reply. He didn't care for that reply, my dad. But anyway, can't. No such word. No such word as can. All you need to do is be available because Jesus specializes in people who can't to ensure that they can. All we need to do is make ourselves available and say to God, Please use me, God. Use me today. Help me to be a doer, not just a hearer. I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, there's an epitaph on a lady's grave, a missionary. This lady, she wanted to be a missionary above all else, and her friend said, (laughs) You, a missionary? No chance. She said, I really need to go. I need to go and be a missionary. And so she applied and was accepted and she went. The story doesn't tell me where she went. But she spent some 40 years on the mission field. She never came home. But she wrote back to her friends who prayed for her regularly. And when she died, she died amongst the people with whom she'd lived, with whom she wanted to, to share and love uh, uh, the love of Jesus. And they wrote on her gravestone, she did what she couldn't. She did what she couldn't. When God says to you, I've got a job for you to do, what do you say? Can't. But with God... You can do what you couldn't. You know, as we get older, 
It's very difficult, isn't it? You know, we, we, we do a thing, open the book, and we're all people of a certain age. You know, I'll finish with this. We're an old lady. And she was elderly, she'd lost her husband and she was a widow. And she was in her ninth, well, late 80s anyway. No longer able to knock around. Not able only with furniture. Couldn't get to church anymore. And she'd love to speak to her children about Jesus because she'd been a Sunday school teacher for her life. But, and she was desperate. What can I do? She could play the piano. That's all she could do. And so she, she hit on the idea. She thought, I'm going to put a, an ad in the local paper. And as the ad read this, it said, if anyone's feeling lonely, or sick, or depressed, or upset, please ring. And if you know him, I'll play it to you over the phone. I left the phone number. And within a few weeks, people started ringing up, asking for a hymn to be played. And she played them over the phone, the tune. And it didn't just end there, but people started to, to say why, and to share, and to talk about the problems and their difficulties. And she were able to share something and pray with them. And she said afterwards, it was the most rewarding and fruitful time of her life. Can't. Won't. Let's make ourselves available to him that he might use us when and where he will. Let's not be hearers only, but doers of the word. Let's pray together. Almighty Father.